Thank you, Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. 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 You are our God, Lord. What a beautiful God we serve. A God that redeemed us even though we were yet sinners. You demonstrated your love toward us and that you sent your son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sin, which was death. And now because we believe in him, we are redeemed. We're covered. Our sin is washed away by the precious blood of our Savior Jesus. Well, how great you are, Lord. How great you are. Father, tonight as we break into your word, I pray that, that um, again, you speak to us, Lord, loud and clear. And that we hear and understand and apply to our life. Lord, we pray for those that aren't here, those that are still home with the COVID, you know, just staying away and staying out of big crowds, Lord. We pray for them, Lord, to keep them safe and strong, healthy, Lord. For those that suffered hardship during these times, Lord, we pray for them, Lord, that you encourage them, strengthen them, and lift them up. Father God, so we put them in your hands, Lord, for those businesses that are struggling, that a lot of uh, businessmen in different churches and women all over the world, Lord, are struggling right now. We pray for their businesses, Lord. Father God, we pray that the world, the United States, the church would wake up and see that this is just a small taste of what will happen if we are not raptured out of here. If we are left behind because we did not receive Christ as our Savior with our hearts, but with our intellect. Lord, people that accepted you with their intellect, Lord, they, they're not saved. They can't be saved, Lord. Those of you, you, since we know that you look on the heart, not the outward appearance, Lord, you want the, you want the people whose hearts are chasing after you. Lord, so help our hearts to chase after you tonight. Lord God, help us to see how beautiful you are, how loving you are, and the great God that you are. Lord, we put, we thank you, Lord, and we put this before mankind. As I break into chapter 19 of Genesis, Lord, I pray that you open our hearts to hear and understand what you're saying. It's a tough chapter. Many people may not like it, but this is your word. And whether they like it or not, it's true. So, Lord, speak to us loud and clear and let us apply. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen again. For those of you that just tuned in, uh, you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. Our website to check us out is freedomchurchpbforpalmbeach.org, freedomchurchpb.org. And you can donate. You can check us out, what we're all about. And um, uh, we'll be glad to, you know, you can send an email if you want. Some, if the Lord speaks to you tonight, you can send that to joe at freedomchurchpb.org. Just add the joe at in the beginning of our, our website. So anyway, last, last uh, chapter we saw that, that uh, Abraham meets the Messiah. The Lord appeared to him. And uh, as he was sitting at the door of the tent, 
and uh, and there was three men coming to him. And one of those men I showed you was a Christophany. It was the a, a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other two were there were two angels. They were sent to check out Sodom and Gomorrah to see if it was really as bad as God was hearing from heaven. See, God wishes that no one would perish, that all would come to repentance. What was going on in heaven is Sodom and Gomorrah were wicked, and God isn't just going to destroy them without checking it out. He had to check it out himself to make sure. And that bought a little more time because God is not slow about his promise. He's patient towards us and, that, you know, that, that um, patient toward us that we would not perish but come to eternal life. So tonight we're going to see that and we know that Abraham's nephew, Lot, who was really, I would say, his adopted son, you know, was made his home in Sodom. And, uh, of course, he loved his nephew, which was his brother's son that he adopted. And uh, he was concerned about him. So last chapter, we saw that Abraham knew that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he kept asking him questions, like uh, if there's, if there's uh, 40, 50 righteous people in Sodom, would you destroy it? And he said, no. I won't destroy it. So, um, and he got all the way down to 10. And the Lord says, I will not destroy it. You're going to find out tonight that there were only four. So instead of God saving the whole city, he just brought the four out of the, of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah weren't the only cities that were destroyed. There were several cities destroyed in that area, in the valley it was a Jordan Valley, and there were many cities that were destroyed. And we're going to see uh, that tonight. I named this message, Grace Has Run Out for Sodom. There's a time when, obviously through the scriptures, when grace runs out. God keeps pouring grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy. And finally, it has been brought to God's attention. They were, they were too wicked. And uh, God said, you know, it's time. Let's go down and check it out. There's a, a stark contrast here between chapter 18 and chapter 19. Um, chapter 18 is the, really shows the tenderness of God's fellowship with Abraham and with Sarah. Chapter 19 is we're going to see the incredible power and the wrath of Almighty God. So, I want to uh, turn to Genesis chapter 19, and we will read the first uh, 11 verses, okay? And it's titled here, this is the New American Standard. It's titled here by the 19th chapter, The Doom of Sodom. Now, the two angels came to Sodom. Remember, the Lord stayed with Abraham, and Abraham's, you know, petitioning him upon the destruction, not to destroy the righteous with the wicked, he said, and should have, shouldn't the judge of all the earth do right and not destroy the wicked or the righteous along with the wicked? And, and uh, we see that that is, is taken care of in chapter 19. God did not, um, he just brought the four out that were considered righteous, okay? 
Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside into the servant's house, into your servant's house, and spend the night and, wa and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, no, but we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered the house. And he prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, and all people from every quarter of the city. And they called to Lot and said to them, Where are the men who came with you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them or sexual intercourse. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let them bring, let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand aside. Furthermore, they said, This one came in as an alien, and already he is acting as a judge. That's a reference to Lot. They're mad at Lot. He's, he's, you know, he's, acting, he's acting as a judge. Now, we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. They stuck, struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. These two were angels. I believe Lot recognized that they were angels. And he wanted to protect them, even if he didn't recognize them as angels. He did recognize them as men, but he knew what was going to happen if they spent the night in the square. So he offered them shelter so that they wouldn't be uh, offended. That shows you how wicked, how the wickedness was going on in the city of Sodom here. <coughs> Lot was sitting at the gate. You know, Sodom really here is the symbol of sin to us. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. If you remember right in Genesis 13, Lot dwelt in Sodom, Genesis 14, and Lot is sitting at the gate of Sodom, you know, in Genesis 19 here, verse 1. Listen, he's acting as a judge. You know, he's, if you remember right, you remember Absalom when he betrayed his father and tried to, he, tried, he sat at the gate and of Jerusalem and influenced the people to the point where the people wanted to run King David out of town, and they did. And Absalom became um, self-proclaimed king at that time for a short period of time. You know, he was a, he was, his, his, his being a judge influenced the whole nation of Israel. 
Now, Lot, I think, was hoping the same thing, that him being the judge at that gate, sitting at the gate, then, then maybe, maybe the Sodomites would turn to, to uh, do some righteousness. We find out in, in um, I believe it's James or Hebrews, uh, I'm going to come to that as we go down, but we find out that, that, um, that Lot was considered a righteous man. And they might be Jude, the book of Jude. Okay? Um, this here we see that, you know, Sodom has obviously started out being tempted into sin. It was enticed, and, and, it, and, and at the end it seems like it's destructive here. Sooner or later, sin is going to bring us down. You down, me down, Sodom down. You will not win that war against sin. It's a losing battle. The Lord tells us to stay away from it. When, when you're tempted, stay away, run away. Like Joseph did when Potiphar's wife, you know, wanted to sleep with him. Finally, he had enough and he ran away. And of course, she trapped him and he ended up in jail over it. But he ran away from the sin. The angels enter Sodom and Lot does three things here. He bows to these men. He calls them to lodge with him, and he insisted very strongly because he knew what was going to happen. Sodom was loaded with, guess what, sodomy. Sodomy. And this shows you how sodomy is not within God's plan. And I was turning to scriptures down the road here as we get into it, that sodomy is, is, is of the wickedest sins that there are in the Bible. Okay? Um, number three, he knows... He made them a feast of unleavened bread. And, of course, you know that leaven represents sin in the Bible, so it's unleavened. He shows Lot's wife. This shows that Lot's wife is not at home. Where is she? Out in the square? I don't know. But she's not at home because Lot prepared the dinner. If you remember last chapter, it was Sarah that prepared the dinner for the three angels, one being Christ, of course, the pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Lot's wife was most likely not, not home. There's two possibilities of this meaning of leaven represents sins in the Bible. Lot senses a, a, the pure nature of these two angels. Somehow he knows that these are righteous men. Somehow he knows that Maybe they're angels. And you know that Hebrews 12, 3, I believe it is, says that we have to be careful because some of us have entertained angels in our life. You may have known it sometimes, or you may not have known it. But I can guarantee you, every one of us that say we're Christians, we have entertained angels in our life. And you were unaware of it. Could have been a clerk at the grocery store. It could have been a bum on the street. You know, I could have been anything like that. Um... And number two, he speaks of Lot's righteousness in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8. Let me read that to you. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8, 7 and 8. Actually, I'm going to start on the 8th verse and read to the 2 Peter. I'm in Timothy. Why am I doing that? 2 Peter 2 verse 7 and eight. And if he rescued 
righteous. Let me start in the verses before, verse 6. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destructions by reducing them to ash, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, see the word righteous there? Righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous, his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. A lot of people, you know, think that, you know, that Lot was attracted to evil. You know, the more I read this and studied it, I'm thinking like, Lot was like, could have been like a missionary to that city you know after a while he lived in the plains of Sodom and after a while he moved into the city of Sodom but he did, he obviously maintained his righteousness to be put in second Peter about about him being a righteous lot he must have maintained his righteousness and it says right here that that in verse in that verse let me go back to it now I, I put it off it says here Chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. How come I lost it? Well, I'm in Thessalonians. How did I get there? Okay. And in the last part of verse 8, while living among them, felt, this is Lot, he felt, his righteous, his righteous soul tormented day after day. I think that kind of shows me what missionaries are like. They, they are tormented. These people are lost in the countries into which they go. So, I'm, you know, I'm having second thoughts on, on righteous uh, lot. I don't believe he was attracted to evil, and obviously he didn't go along with their evil. He was tormented by it. Now, we see, as we move then, you see an insight into Sodom's immorality and depravity. You know, it says here, the men of Sodom, look at this, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people, all the people, that include, probably include the women, from every quarter of the city. They were at Lot's door. That's what it's saying here. The entire city then is given over to sin given over and only four of them are going to sur survive this these this city of sodom was saturated with sin the sin of sodomy and there are those today that think that sodomy is okay it's okay within the church i'm sorry but you don't flaunt sin if i had an alcohol or drug problem i would not be bragging about it in church i would be hopefully on my knees asking god to deliver me and pray against it so that I could be released from it, not that I flaunt my sin. And that's what's happening today, and it's a sad thing to see happening in a church. Now, verse 5, <clears throat> that we may know them carnally. He's saying that these men in the city, listen, young and old from every quarter, all the people that they might know them carnally, which is talking about sexual intercourse with these men. 
They're new men. They're like virgins to them, I guess you could say. They want to know themselves, you know, them sexually. Sin just can't stand anything that's pure, and it's going to try to knock out any purity that you have within your life. That's why it's so important that you get rid of the strongholds that you have in your life, whether it be alcohol, drugs, lies, you know, uh, pornography, you name any one of thousands of sin. It's important that you get rid of it because sin eventually will, will take you down. James, you know James, I'm going to turn there. Just gonna, I didn't have this in my notes to, um, to look at, I don't believe. But we're going to turn to chapter 1, and we're going to go to the 14th, 13th verse. Let no one say he is tempted that I have been tempted by God. You are never tempted by God. God doesn't tempt you. He may test you. Your faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. So he's going to test your faith, but he's not going to tempt you. God is not going to tempt you with evil, for God cannot be tempted by evil. He himself does not tempt anyone. That's scripture. God doesn't tempt you in any of these things. But each one of us is tempted when we are carried away and enticed by our own lust. So we're tempted when we're carried away by our own lusts. has nothing to do with God. Then, when lust has conceived, it gives forth the sin, birth to sin. When lust conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. That's what is just said here. That's what I just said here. You know, love, um, sin is, you know, the entire city is given over to sin, and sin will take them down eventually. And it's about to. And we're going to see of it, and we even know of it all today. It's written in the Bible many places, and it's even been proven archaeologically that these cities were rained on by, by uh, with so, so, you know, uh, sulfur and ashes, uh, fire and brimstone, I mean. Sin cannot stand anything that's pure, and it's going to try to drive it out. They have a sexual dire for them. They want to, listen, here's what it is. They want to gang rape these two angels. They want to gang rape the whole city, men, women, all that was in the city, the young and the old. They want to gang rape them. First of all, you and I both know that gang rape usually leads to someone dying, one of those people that is death, uh, that is, is gang raped. God condemns homosexuality throughout the Bible. Here's Leviticus 18:22. You shall not lie or lay with a man or with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male and he as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. That's Old Testament. Do you realize this is before the Mosaic Law? God's telling you something. You should know that this is wrong. Before the Mosaic Law was ever written, because God put that in our hearts to know right from wrong. They should have known this. 
sodomy is condemned. Here's New Testament verses. Romans chapter 26, um, chapter 1, verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over to a vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Women were laying with women, and they still do today, and they think it's good, and you can practice it in the church, and you could even have homosexual pastors or some, you know, or, or homosexual pastors, whether they be men or women. I'm sorry, it's wrong. If this church is taken down because of that stand, then so be it. I'm going to stand because the Word of God is very, very clear. You don't flaunt your sin. You repent of it. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Do not know, do you not know that all the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterators, nor adulterers, idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That's just the way it is. If you turn to the Revelation verses, you'll see that right in the middle of that list is the word unbeliever, the unbelieving. That, this shows you that they are, uh, they are truly unbelievers. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie. They got caught up into this sin, and now they need to be delivered from it. But they should be walking away from that sin, and they need God to deliver them from it. We have a deliverance ministry here. You can just call me, and, and I'll give you a 16-page application. You can fill it out, and we'll go after those demonic spirits that are behind this that have you you're trapped in bondage. Some people are held in bondage in a trap. Second Timothy uh, 2, 26 and 20 through 28. Um, let me read it to you. I'll find it here. Second Timothy chapter 2. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but he should be kind to all, gentle to teach, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God should grant them repentance, and they will come to the knowledge of the truth, and, and, they, would, and they would come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil because they've been held captive by him to do his will. So some of these sodomites and homosexuals are in the devil's snare and they need to be delivered from it. Some people are just foul against God and they, they don't care what God says, but there are there is a, a remnant within the sodomite and the homosexual movement there is, you know, um, that, that have been, that need delivered because somehow they opened the door and homosexuality entered in. Okay? First Timothy says, verse chapter 1 and verse 10 says, we know that the law is good. The law is good. These things are good. They're good for you. Even in Romans, it tells us if you sleep with another, the penalty is in your own body. You could have a disease from this, a disease that could kill you, a disease that will be marked with you for the rest of your life, or maybe a disease that could be treated. But you can, you can get a disease from this. God loves you. He don't want to see you sick or diseased. 
when the lepers came to Jesus, they said, you know, will you can, you can make me clean? And the Lord said, I am willing. When blind Bartimaeus was approached, you know, uh, he, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for me? He said that I might see. And the Lord healed him. And he saw. Sodom's time of grace has run out. These two angels went into the city to check it out. I know when I, when I, when I go fishing, you know, on, on your fishing reel was what's called the drag, okay? When a fish bites, he pulls the line out and, and, and he hooks himself really by doing that, most of them, if they hit hard enough. Listen, then there's a drag. Sometimes the devil throws something out there for you and and the, and you latch onto it and it's sin and you start running away from God and sooner or later God tightens that drag. You ever watch a wicked tuna? After a while they they tighten the drag and then they start winding this tuna fish in. You know God's going to let you go so far and then grace is going to run out. I can tell you, by the time you draw your last breath, grace has run out. If you haven't received Jesus as your Savior and repented of these sins, then, then grace has run out. That's called the impardonable sin. Because you have not listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you have rejected the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you. God will set the drag out there if you're not if you're not walking in the in the ways of God whether it be sodomy homosexuality uh, drugs alcohol God's going to set the drag on you he's going to do it because he loves you there's a gray area of scripture because of that you know you got to realize are you really saved if you're into that sin are you really saved that's a gray area some some people think they are. Some people th uh, don't care. But there's some people that probably most of them that think they're saved and they can live a sodomite-type life, and it's not going to happen. I don't believe so. There's a, but it is a gray area because I don't know. I'm not the judge of all the earth. I don't see everything. God knows that you got caught in, into it once and got led into it by, who knows, maybe a, a, a family member that raped you when you were a child. And therefore, you needed the devil entered in with this this thing, and now you need delivered from it. God knows that. I don't know that stuff. All I know is you can repent of it, and you can be delivered from it. And it's not just sodomy; it's anything: alcohol, drugs, pornography, you name it. So be careful, be watchful. God's looking at your heart. What's your heart saying? I told a guy yesterday, I was in, uh, two days in a row, I had counseling classes that lasted three hours, okay? And I told the one guy, when I would became a Christian over 43 years ago, I became a Christian. I struggled with alcohol for a couple years, two, three years. But when I was in a bar and I'd be half drunk, I would go, when I w had to go to the bathroom, which was quite often, I would get down on my knees in the bathroom, at the sink, or at the toilet, and throw my hands in the air and say, Lord, deliver me from this. 
I believe if a trumpet sounded and Jesus came back, I would have been raptured because I really wanted to be delivered. But I was stuck in it because before I got saved, I was already on my way to alcoholism. So that's what I'm trying to say. And you could be stuck in this sin. And God, you know, you could you, if you're on your knees crying, let me out of this. Let me out of this. He who overcomes, Revelation 3, 5, shall be clothed in a white garment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will, but I will confess his name before the Father and before his angels. John 10, 26 and 28, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. Some of you don't believe this at all, but Jesus is telling you this. But you believe not because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. If you hear the Lord's voice, he's telling you right now, sodomy is not the way. You're going to get out of that sin, whatever sin it is. I give to them eternal life, and they follow me, and they shall never perish. And no one is able to snatch the, you out of God's hand. Everybody, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but they live a life that doesn't show that. Believe is an uh, action verb. It means adhere to, trust in, rely on, like super glue. Super glue your hands together. That's the way you and Jesus are supposed to be. And it's going to take a while to pull them apart. I got that stuck on my fingers many times. I hate it. It's crusty. Lot intercedes for the guests. Look at he offers his two virgin daughters. You notice that they had husbands, but they were more or less engaged. They weren't married yet, but they were engaged to be married. But these girls were virgins. He was willing to give his virgin daughters versus these angels. See, women back in those days were just priced a little bit higher than a cattle, than a cow. Lot offers his daughters. <sighs> Hanging close to sin cost Lot his entire family. Do you notice that? This is why... I don't know. I think maybe he could have been a missionary, but hanging close to this sin destroyed his entire family. His sons-in-laws thought he was joking in verse 12 through 14. His wife is turned into a pillar of salt because she didn't listen to what the angels say, said, which is don't look back. And since she wasn't at the house, you know, cooking up the meal, she was probably out in the town square. Makes me think maybe she wasn't so righteous. His daughter's later on in this chapter commit incest with with her her daddy their daddy after they fled Sodom and they began because of the incest the two nations arose against Israel that were thorns in their sides the Ammonites and the Moabites sin always affects other people always even your family even those close to you. 
Sin will get more out of us than you'll ever get out of it. Some of us, sin will lead us to eternal death. We've got to be careful. Light cannot have fellowship with darkness. Lot wants the fellowship in this city. I think it was, I think what he should have did was what Jesus told us. If they don't, if they won't receive you at that house, then shake off the dust and go to the next house. Maybe that's what Lot should have done because obviously they weren't listening to him. They said to him, who do you think you are, Lot? You come, you sit at the gate and you judge us? He was telling them, obviously, that they were wrong. I believe he was a preacher of righteousness just like Noah was, a preacher of righteousness in a dark, dark time for Noah and a dark, dark city for Lot. Lot is threatened by the men now. They become aggressive. Now, he, they say, they charge the door. We will deal worse with you, Lot. They press in hard against him. They're aggressive, a nature of lust. Lust has an aggressive nature. You keep The more you see, the more you want. That's what sin is, really. The more you sin... If it's okay to commit adultery once, what's so bad about the second time? How about the third time? And the fourth time, it just gets easier and easier and easier. So the point is, don't give in. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The angels have sufficient evidence right here that this city is wicked. It's exceedingly wicked. They pull Lot into the house and they shut the door and then they blind the men, the women, and the young and the old of the city. And that one's from every quarter that came to the house. Every quarter of the city came to the house. They struck them with blindness. I remember one time in 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha was, was telling the king of Israel that the, the, Amon, it was the Armenians were attacking Israel. And uh, and uh, Israel was told by Elisha their their moves. So every time the Ammonites would try to attack Israel, Israel already knew what they were going to do, and they just moved or whatever they had to do. So the king got upset. And he said, "Well, somebody told him, well, there's a prophet in Israel that that tells, you know." the king of Israel, what to do and what our strategy is. So he said, I want that guy. Where is he? They said, well, he's in the city of Dotham. So he sent his army to Dotham, and they tried to get Elisha. And Elisha said, you know, his servant, you heard the story, his servant says, wow, we're surrounded by, by, by our enemy, the, arm, our, our, you know, the, uh, the uh, Armenians. And Elijah says, oh, no, there's more with us than there are with him. And then he asked the Lord to open up his servant's eyes, and he saw chariots of fire all over the city. So Elijah told him he struck them with blindness. And then he led them, he led them to the king of Israel and surrounded them by Israel's army. And the king of Israel's crying out, my father, my father, 
He's talking to Elijah. What should I do? Should I kill them? And Elijah answers, if you had captured an enemy soldier, would you kill him? No, you'd put him in jail. You'd, you know, you wouldn't kill him with the sword. He said, you give them a good meal and water and drink and send them home. And they di- he did that. When they found out they were surrounded by Israel's and they knew that their life was over, they thought for sure they were dead. But God had mercy. And they, they gave him a good meal and sent them home. This is what God wants to do with Sodom. He's hoping that the city would repent like, like Nineveh did. But they didn't. They just wanted to rape angels, gang rape them on top of that. The angels have sufficient evidence they're going to get righteous Lot and his family out of there. The spiritual insight to that is that, listen, if you're mastered by sin, you're going to be blinded by the enemy. Sin will master you and it will blind you. You won't think it's sin anymore. It's not sin anymore. Oh, I can do that. God will forgive me. Sure, he'll forgive you. But what, what should I say then? Should I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. May it never be. Verses 12 through 17. Lot is told by the angels to take his two families. Uh, we didn't read those verses. I should read them. Then the men of Lot, have, have you anyone else here? The men said to Lot, the angels said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever else you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we are going to destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws who were who were marrying his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But his, to his sons-in-laws, they seemed to him to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of this city. And while he lingered, immediately the men took hold of his hands and the hand of his wife, and his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to them, to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass that they had brought them outside the city, that he said, Escape for your life, and do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. So the two angels are taking the whole family out of, out of the time. Lot is procrastinating. He, he, I think he wants the whole city to repent, but they, they won't. He's procrastinating. He don't want to maybe leave his two sons, future sons-in-laws behind. So he's procrastinating. The angels had to grab them by the hand and say, this is urgent. It must be done now. God's remedy for sin is no negotiation. There's no flirting with sin. Flee like Joseph did, as I said before. Others are watching your life. Do you realize that, church? 
There's people watching in their life. And if they see a Christian who claims to be a Christian flirting with sin like homosexuality, it's a bad witness. Your testimony has been destroyed. You must flee sin, number two. Flee. Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, chapter 2 and 2 Timothy, chapter 2. It's all twos. Chap, chap, 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee also useless, uh, youthful lusts and pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. No negotiation with sin. Don't flirt with it. I have. I do. I try not to, but sometimes wins. My, you must flee from it. We will still destroy this place. We will destroy this place, says the angels in verse 13. Remember in chapter 18, verse 21, I will go down and see. God's hoping that they will repent. Whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it from heaven? If not, I will know, says the Lord. The acceptance of sin, you know, Lot loses really his spiritual authority. Even his sons-in-laws thought he was joking. Could be that Lot's a carnal Christian and he gets no respect because of it. Maybe, as I said, he should have shaken off the dust and gone to the next city, maybe Gomorrah. In other words, when you verbalize the truth and you don't live by it, you're going to become a joke to those friends around you, and you will have absolutely no witness with them. Four, command, four people were commanded to leave the city. That's less than ten, because you remember Abraham said, if there are ten righteous, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And he said, no, I won't. But there weren't ten. There was only four. It's Lot, his wife, his two daughters. Ended up with Lot's, Lot's wife, turned into a pillar of salt. So who knows what's going on there. Um, Lot had other daughters, Lot had, let's see, yeah, well, we, we'll stay away from that one. While he lingered, okay, Lot had bondage to Sodom. Notice, sin had bound him to Sodom somehow. I don't know, he might have been attracted to it, or maybe he was that righteous missionary I'm talking about. As far as I'm concerned, that's a gray area. I don't know. I'm going to go more with God in Second Peter that it says Lot was a preacher of righteousness. I'm going to stick with that, really, and my soul. Here, they lead Lot outside the city to escape judgment. Here's a parallel in, this, in the New Testament. They lead Lot out of the city to escape judgment, but they led Jesus outside of the city to save us from judgment. Four commands are given to Lot. 
by the angels. Number one, escape for your life. Number two, do not look behind you. Looking behind is like longing for what you used to have. I think maybe that's what Lot's wife did. Number three, stay anywhere in the plane, nor stay anywhere in the plane. That means God's going to so it sends fire and brimstone on the whole plain, the whole Jordan Valley. Because sin has affected the whole valley. Sodom, Gomorrah, the other cities. And he, they say number four was escaped in the mountains far from sin, closer to God. Verse 18, then Lot said to them, please know my lords. Indeed, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your, your mercy with which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and die. See now, this city near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is not, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And they said to him, See, I have, fa I have favored you concerning this thing, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. So, listen, just by Lot's presence, this city was spared. For some reason, Lot seemed to be drawn to the city. He wanted, he went and didn't like the open plains. He was drawn to the city. He didn't want to go up into the mountains. He was drawn to a city where other people are. There are some people that like that. They like the city. Some people like the rural suburbs. And he's a city man. Lot wants to write his own ticket. God spares the whole city, I believe, because of Lot's presence. And they have granted him authority to go there. Lot's tragic fall in the Old Testament in chapter 13 was he looked longingly at Sodom. He chose the area of ground near Sodom for his pasture. He, he uh, pitched his tent towards Sodom. In chapter 14, he moved into the city of Sodom. He gives his daughters to Sodom in this chapter, and he gives his energies to Sodom. This kind of relates to Peter's fall. He boasted of his loyalty to the Lord. He slept when he should have prayed. He followed Jesus from afar. Remember, I did a teaching on that. And he found himself associating with Jesus' enemy. And he curses and becomes just like the ones that have dragged Jesus away. Verse 21 is amazing grace. It's, a, it's okay. Uh, the okay is granted for Lot to go into the city of Zor. God honors Lot's request. 
and he spares the entire city. I will not, here's the verse, I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. It shows you the power of prayer right there. God spared this city because Lot prayed that he could go to that city. He asked the angels, he asked God if he could go there, and, and God granted it. Zor, by the way, means little city. Little city. Isaiah 12:5 says, My heart will cry out for Moab, his fugitive shall flee to Zor. It seems to me that Zor has become a city of refuge. Here's an attention grabbing. I'm going to stop it here. We'll continue next week because I got more. I'm going to stop it here. And the 22nd verse, it's written, I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Notice God gives specific directions to Lot. God is just. Remember chapter 18, verse 25? Abraham appealed for this. He said, surely the judge of all the earth will deal justly with Sodom and Gomorrah. He did. He dealt justly in this place. But there's going to come a day for us caught in sin that, you know, the drag's going to be tightened up and God's going to wind us in and get us back in shape if you're truly a believer. God isn't going to let you run, run, run unless you're not even saved. If you are saved, he's going to tighten that drag. And if you were a fisherman like me, you're going to set that hook a little tighter. You're going to try put that drag a little tighter. And that fish is going to be worn out. And he's just going to come dragging into the boat. And that's what God's going to do. He's going to get to you one way or another. He's the hound of heaven. He will do it. He did that with me. And I am certainly glad that he did. Surely the judge of all the earth will deal justly with each and every one of us. So we'll end it there, and uh, I'll continue on verse 23 next week, okay? All right. Thank you, Father, for this, this uh, insights that we see in your word, Lord. Bless your word to our heart, Lord, as we go from this place. And, Lord, I think of the two verses that hit me very clearly in these two chapters is not num number or Genesis 18 verse 14 it says is there anything too hard for you and this verse right here Genesis you know uh, where where Abraham sa or says surely the judge of all the earth will deal justly and certainly you did with Sodom and Gomorrah and all those cities in the in the Jordan Valley area lord father help us to turn from our sin as i said earlier lord there is no salvation without repentance so father i pray that if there's anybody out there that's that's struggling with sin whether it be sodomy homosexuality drunkenness drugs alcohol lord god i pray that you tighten the drag and you wind them in to come closer to Jesus because your word says and Jesus told us he said I would prefer that you either be hot or cold but if you're lukewarm I'll vomit you out of my mouth 
I know these are tough and strong words, but Lord, sometimes you have to be like that with me and maybe with some of these people listening here tonight. But Lord, let us know one thing. What was taught here tonight is your word. It isn't my beliefs. It's your word that is being taught. If you loved sodomy, sodomy, then Sodom and Gomorrah would still exist, but they don't because it's an abomination to you. To you be the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church, and I love you all.